Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Brian Murphy, Kendrick Johnson, and Devin Hassan. Uh, gentlemen, it is Thursday. We're going to pick up where we left off on Monday, continue our mid-season discussion for high school boys basketball. We have reached the midpoint in district play for the majority of our districts, so let's size up what we've seen through the first half and what potentially could be happening down the road as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Um, we discussed some 6A action on Monday, going to shift gear and talk some 5A today, dip our toes in 4A in the private schools. So um, yeah, let's um, let's start over in 5A. Let's um, let's go in reverse order of our uh, of our five class 5A districts. And um, let's start over in 13 5A, aka the Lancaster district. <laughs> the Lancaster district. Um, and it has certainly been that uh, been very much that up to the uh, up to the midpoint. Um, as of right now, the standings heading into Friday's ball games, you have the aforementioned Lancaster Tigers, the number one ranked team in all of 5A. They are in first place at. 7-0. In second place, you have Kaufman at 5-1. In third place is Mesquite Poteet at 5-2. West Mesquite right on their heels. In fourth place, they are 3-4. And then you have a, uh, a tie for fifth place between the two Forney schools, North Forney and Forney High at 2-5. And, and then in last place at 0-7 is Terrell. Um, Devin, where do you want to start? Whether it is just <laughs> outlining the just the outlandish dominance of Lancaster or talking about the, uh, the two Mesquite schools, um, yeah, man, the floor is yours. Well, you know, Lancaster, it's, and this is no disrespect to the other team when you call it Lancaster's district, because that's just how it's viewed. I mean, they're the number one team in 5A for a reason. Whatever district it's, they're in is always going to be Lancaster's district in boys basketball. Yeah, and, and it doesn't matter where you put them. I mean, you listen, they, they lost two of their first three games of the year. One to number one Duncanville in a close game. They lost to a prolific prep of Napa, California, which is <laughs> in the top 20. Prep. Yeah, which is an academy and is a top 20 national yeah. team. Uh, since then, they won 24 in a row. Um, all but all by double digits except for two, and that was against Dickinson in overtime, who's the number two team in six A, and St. Mark's, who's mm-hmm. the number two team in private schools. But both of those were rematches of, of games they won blowouts the prior week. So you wonder if that had anything to do with it. They've kind of taken it a step further, unfortunately, for their thirteen five A mates. Um, you know, they're just they're averaging ninety three point nine points per game in district play. Uh, they're winning by an average margin of forty one point one points. And the closest game they played has been 33 points, and it's just they just have such a wealth of talent. You know, you, you look at Mike Miles, the TC commit, uh, Marco Foster, another senior, Wade Taylor, one of the most highly you know rated juniors, and that's just their top trio. Their depth though is unmatched. You know, not just for these other district teams, but for really any 5A team in the state. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it is, you know, Lancaster has been the focal point in terms of considering the state pitcher. Outside of Lancaster, this is actually a pretty fun district. I mean, you've got a lot of solid teams that are kind of been going back and forth. Uh, Kaufman's kind of in the driver's seat there to take that second seed at 5-1. and one. Uh, But it's been close. I mean, they beat West Mesquite by three. They beat Poteet by, in overtime, last Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, but Kaufman did, you know, they got some nice players, you know, from what I've seen, uh, Joseph and Jamar McCray. They got a nice sophomore in Dalen Dickerson, but they don't seem to have the depth that maybe some of these other teams like Poteet and West Mesquite have, uh, which could play a factor as you get into the second half of the district slate. Poteet and West Mesquite, obviously my two teams are right there in the thick of things. Uh, the season ended today. They're both back in the playoffs. That hasn't happened since, I believe, 2016, uh, with both the MISD teams making it in the okay. same year. You know, for Poteet, uh, it's been a different guy every night. Um, Javante Valdez scored 23 on Tuesday in a victory. Uh, she's 9 of 12, thir- 9 of 13 from the floor, makes five three-pointers. I think he'd had single digits in his previous four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's like I say, it's just Tyler Jones, Jalen Police, Jalen Alexander in the backcourt. Uh, they got some forwards with Charles Brown, who almost had a double-double their night. King Moore, uh, Malcolm Vernon. You know, they just there's different guys that they get scoring from on, on different nights. And I think Tyler Jones, he was kind of their, one of their leaders last year and last year's play off teams and he's the go-to guy if you want to say you have a go-to guy but again they spread the court really well uh, spread that offense around West Mesquite's kind of in a similar boat uh, you know they're sitting at three and four um, and you look at that and say wow it's three and four is not great but they just started the second half of district play and already have Lancaster out of the way. So two of their four losses are to Lancaster. They don't have to worry about them. And, you know, and again, they, they, I mentioned the loss to Coffin by three. That was a game that could have gone either way. They lost to Poteet by six. So they were right there to turn that around in the second half of the season. Um, Eli Huey has kind of been their main scorer. But again, like Poteet, it's been kind of by committee. Uh, Iron Hawkins, Josh Bennett, A.J. Reimers. You know, you look at their roster. And they have basically 13 seniors out of 14 players. And all of I mean, they go, you know, Todd Brewer's traditionally gone 8, 9, 10 deep, you know, especially when they like to push the issue and um, turn, turn up the pressure, force the tempo. So they're in a good position. Um, you know, North Forney and Forney are right on their heels uh, one game back. But if you, if you look back to the first half of the district season, they beat North Forney by 20, and they beat Forney by 13. So, you know, I think they proved during that time that they're – the better team. Mm-hmm. Now, anything can happen in terms of upsets and whatnot, but I think the four, the top four that you're looking at right now is probably the top four you're looking at at the end of the season. Number one is pretty much um, a foregone conclusion, but I think there can be a lot of changes in those two through four. Okay. Um, let's see. Then over in uh, District 11-5A, you've got another district that's being ruled by uh, by one team and what's certainly been one of the more uh, impressive stories just around the Metroplex, and that is uh, the year of the uh, of Newman-Smith, the Trojans. They are still undefeated. We are now uh, we are now down to, what, there's six games left in the season, and Newman-Smith still has a perfect circle. <laughs> I, still saw, I just actually saw the – I mean, listen. I saw the foundation. Well, I, I get it, but any team that's undefeated this deep into the season, there's four teams in the entire state that can say that right now and no matter what promise they showed you in that one playoff game being 22 and 0 I mean that's that's certainly uh, quite the uh, quite the leap. It wasn't necessarily that's just eighty five percent of rosters. For sure, that's 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 the main reason. Yeah, but um, but yeah, nevertheless, so yeah, I mean they're they're twenty two and zero. I mean they just um and they've they've kind of had their way with district uh, with district eleven five up to this point. First off, just the standings, just to get that out of the way. So Newman Smith is in first place. They are eight zero, um, and then in second place Highland Park seven and one. Third place Woodrow Wilson at five and oh, three. Yeah, 
Um, Creekview is in fourth place at four and four, so those would be, would be your four playoff teams if the postseason began today. Um, and then you have a tie for fifth place right on uh, Creekview's heels at three and five sits uh, by, uh, Brian Adams and uh, Conrad. And then um, in seventh place, R.L. Turner at two and six, um, with Jefferson then at last place at zero oh and eight. So um, yeah, I mean Newman Smith, it's been um, it's been quite the uh, quite the year. I mean obviously the best start in program history. Um, they've already uh, conquered what would um, at least appear to be on paper the biggest challenge in district, and that was the road game at Highland Park. Um, they were able to win that game 74-66. to 66. They were up by, you know, 15 points after three quarters, so kind of business as usual for the Trojans. And, um, and yeah, it's it's now led to a position to where you get that out of the way, and now with six games left, I mean, it's it's on the, it's on the table, the pursuit of perfection in the regular season, which would be certainly quite the nice uh, feather in the cap for that program. Um, you know, it's uh, obviously when you, you look at their uh, at their dominance. I mean, it all starts with you know with Jaron Cook. You know, one of the top players in the uh, in the Metroplex committed to Sam Houston State. Um, you know, and he's um, a player who um you know head coach Percy uh, Johnson has said you know he's kind of got a you know he's obviously an incredibly talented player, but sometimes you know you gotta you gotta really push him to stand out at times. He's got kind of a very quiet, humble presence to him, and um and you've seen though. I mean, obviously he's had no trouble shining when uh, when it matters most for the uh, for the Trojans. But then I mean the support that they get um it's a very very deep team that um but whether it's uh you know Damani Villaruel who was um you know their 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 big man of just an absolute force in the paint um you know Tebow Tag yeah yeah Tebow Tagnot a point guard just such a a player who was lauded by Coach Johnson for just his his basketball IQ and uh, you know basically uh, uh you know sometimes Coach Johnson would joke like sometimes I have to like ask him hey what do you think we should do in this specific moment or whatnot he has that much faith in uh, in Tebow's uh, on court IQ and decision making and then I mean just the the contributions from there like in that game against Highland Park they're leading scores actually AJ Barjona who had 21 points in that so that just shows you again it's if it's not one then they're going to get contributions from somebody and it's um I mean yeah it's led to a uh a really, really encouraging uh, regular season. You're wondering now, kind of big picture, um, what is it going to mean come playoff time? You know, assuming they are able to, uh, you know, to keep this pursuit of perfection going, and they do lock down that top seed out of 11 5A. You know, when you look at, um, you know, kind of the way that that region two 5A bracket might be starting to kind of uh, round into form, and it looks like at least right now that the uh, the bulk of the uh, the power in that region is going to be on the half where Newman Smith would reside. Now that half does not include Lancaster. Lancaster is most likely going to be on the bottom half of um, you know of that uh, of that bracket, meaning that a theoretical matchup between Lancaster and Newman Smith would not happen until the regional finals. Which I mean, if that's where it ta- if that's if Newman Smith is able to get hot in the playoffs, carry this momentum over and go five rounds deep, that would be the best run in program history. They've only been to the third round two times um, in their history. You know, the last time was back in 2006. So um, I mean, yeah, they're and I think you know based on what they've done this season, that's kind of the expectation at this point is that you got to keep this thing going now and make some history in the playoffs but to get there though it's likely going to require you know you look at potentially seeing a uh, you know one of the uh, one of the Frisco schools in the uh, in the second round or drawing perhaps a, a South Oak Cliff or a Kimball in the third round maybe a Sulphur Springs in the uh, in the fourth round all of whom are ranked in the top 11 12 teams in the state according to the TABC rankings so if Newman Smith is going to you know make some headway in the postseason and get to the regional finals it's going to I mean, they're going to earn every last bit of it because the uh, the level of competition will certainly ramp up in the playoffs and probably pretty quickly for them. Um, But yes, they've been 
they've looked the part right now. You have Creekview, which is four and four in uh, in fourth place, just hanging on to that last playoff spot. Yeah. Creekview, who is um, I mean, they were able to withstand an zero and four start to district. They, um, they took a rough loss to begin yeah. to uh, to R. L. Turner, and then lost games to the uh, you know the aforementioned uh, the other playoff teams to kind of set them back. But they've since righted the ship with um you know with four straight wins, including a one point win on Tuesday over R. L. Turner, which I mean that could very well be the difference between you know. You know, CFB, ISD having two teams in the playoffs, and R.L. Turner now, who's been really, really close, but it's, you know, performances like that, though, that look like that's probably going to be the difference between them, uh, you know, being left out. Um, you know, Creefew, though, I mean, the margin for error is still pretty slim. You've got just a one game lead on Brian Adams and Conrad, so still plenty to go. But at the very least, though, it's, you know, CFB, ISD is in position there to get two teams into the playoffs, including one that could potentially make it all the way to the regional tournament, which is, I mean, again, that'd be, uh, that'd be very uh, uncharted waters for that school district as <laughs> Whole, but um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite the uh, quite the story over at Newman Smith and having a uh, just a uh, season for the ages for that program. Um, let's see, then we can talk a little bit of 10-5A now. Talk a little McKinney North, a little Lovejoy over in that district, which I'm kind of getting a vibe. It's kind of similar to the girls' district in that you really uh, there's really no guaranteed. Uh, oh yeah, you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna go out and just beat this team because you had what was it on Tuesday? The last place team in the district, Denison, beat the first place team, McKinney North, by 11. Um, Crazy. So right now you have um, up to this point. They're not going to be Frisco ISD playing like that. Put no bets out there. He still hasn't paid up, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see. So as of right now in 10-5A, you've got a three-way tie for first place, which I believe last week when we did the girls in the mid-district look at this uh, at 10-5A, it was also a three-way tie for first place. You have you have uh, McKinney North, Lovejoy, and Princeton, who are three and one, and then you have a three-way tie for fourth place at one and three between Wiley East, Sherman, and Denison. So, um, yeah, Eric, I mean, Tuesday showed, man, there's anybody can be beat in this district. True, but there's two things. One, uh, North, if they beat Princeton on Friday, they'll have all the tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're, they're tied, but they got because they already beat Lovejoy and they beat Princeton. Mm-hmm. And then two, they, they had a 15-game district winning streak, so they were due to lose a district game. So kind of like law averages, as they say. Kind of like Saxon. Kind of like Saxon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, with McKinney North though, I mean, well, I don't know what is um, what is um, is this team kind of meeting expectations just from your vantage point, or what they, are you kind of seeing on there? They've been really adjusting without playing with because this team was built around Brandon Fraser last year, who was the big guy. Who was the difference in that game against? Which kind of crazy. The last time Newman Smith lost yeah. was because Brandon Fraser had a double double, three dunks, eighteen points, and twelve rebounds in the uh, second round of the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. They don't got that go to guy this year that can just throw down and just dictate the pace. So they have a, a committee, and evidently just had a bad night uh, last week. They're a team that can get hot, mm-hmm. beat you. They're not going to beat themselves. Coach Kraft does a good job. Of, they play very fundamental sound, but they have to play at a certain pace for them to beat you. They can't just get mm-hmm. up and down, or they can't just go off and, like, we got to score 70 and beat you like when you play in a Lancaster. Mm-hmm. They play a very controlled tempo. They found a very uh, – it's a nice little spirited scrap uh, between them and Lovejoy, at least these uh, these two meetings, the one back in tournament season and then this one recently in district play, 44-41 to in favor of the Bulldogs, albeit a game that required overtime. So, I mean, it shows you that just the margin between these two teams is not that. There's not much separating them. I think the, the game back in tournament season was decided by, like, four or five points. So, I mean, the Leopards and the Bulldogs, 
Bulldogs are looking. It's, it's open for grabs. They, mm-hmm. I, I still think North has the inside track, but yeah. it's definitely open for. I grabs. mean, they've got the. I mean, they've got the uh, the leg up as far as just that head-to-head victory now. And you mentioned, you know, kind of that. Uh, you know, not having that one presence to replace Brandon Frazier. Well, it was the other Frazier who was kind of the instrumental piece in helping them get some distance on Lovejoy, as I believe Dylan yeah, Frazier led all scores in, the, in that win. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, uh, Lovejoy, you know, turns around and they respond to that though with, um, you know, their highest scoring performance of the entire season when they hung uh, seventy-three points on Wiley East in a in a twenty-nine point victory. I mean, they got big games from Jared Langs, Josh Kirkland, Carson Holden, who's been really really steady for them during district play. It's um right now it's just you're looking at uh, February eleventh and circling that rematch against McKinney <laughs> North when they uh, North comes over to Lovejoy and seeing if they can draw even and maybe hey maybe the third time's the charm and seeing if they can uh, finally get a win on the uh, on the Bulldogs and maybe create a bit of a, a bit of a log jam up top in that district. Um, then let's see, over in uh, 9-5A, the All-Frisco District. Um, let's see, we've got, uh, geez, what, 12 games on the uh, on the docket already in that district. And right now, you're, uh, as your standings go, you have a tie for first place between Independence and Centennial. In third place is Wakeland at 8-4. and four. Um, And then a three-way tie for fourth place between Memorial, Frisco, and Liberty at 7-5. and five. Uh, Lone Star's in seventh place at 5-7. and seven. Reedy in eighth at 4-8. and eight. Heritage in ninth place at three and nine, and Lebanon Trail one and eleven in tenth. Where do you want to start, Brian? Whether it's the tie at the top or that log jam there for that last playoff spot, man, because it's uh, certainly plenty of uh, fun happenings over in Frisco. So this team was was dead in the water three, not even four weeks ago, and now they might be the hottest. They are the hottest team. They might be the best team right now in Frisco ISD, and that's Liberty. Mm-hmm. They're seven and five. They've won seven in a row. Um, they just knocked off Memorial, who was probably the second hottest team um, in the district at the time, uh, Tuesday. Um, and and they, they held on for a 64-60 win. They were up by double digits most of that game. They hit six threes in the first yeah. half. Um, they just caught fire. Makai um, Abi, he was, he, he, you know, wearing number 24, a big Kobe fan. And he, 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 you know, he put the team on his back, laid, you know, had 20 points in that game. Um, then he had a lot of help. From from the, his 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 role players, there's a there's a stud freshman, uh, Trenton Walters, uh, starting point guard. And he was he was he was huge in that game. Just you know breaking Memorial's press. Memorial is such a big team uh, lengthwise, and and they can really impose problems uh, for teams in in, in half court you know, traps and whatnot. And Walters was huge. Uh, his older brother Trey Walters, uh, he hit some big threes also in that game. Myson Huff. He was huge, a senior guard. Uh, it's it's a totally different team from the team we saw in November and December. Um, you know, they're they they don't look quite looking like the district um, champion that they were the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're definitely a playoff team at this moment in time. It just so happens they start off the season zero and five, and and so that kind of set them behind. So they're tied right there with. Like I said, Memorial, who's had their fair share of injuries. You know, their star player has been out since the very first game, first quarter of the season. Um, if he plays, they very well could be, you know, right there at first place in this district. But you know, and then they're right there with Frisco, an- another team that it's hard to figure out. They'll they'll knock off, you know, one of the the elite squads, you know, like a Wakeland, and then they'll come back and, and lose to someone that they shouldn't lose to. <coughs> And Lone Star, mm-hmm. um, they've been playing spoiler a little bit the last few weeks as well. They they look like they were you know dead in the water, also kind of like Liberty, and they've kind of crept back in there into the mix. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Um, they're five and seven. They're, they've fallen too far behind, and there's just too much just 
madness going on in the the first six spots to 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 make things you know real interesting. But uh, another team you know in Wakeland who looked like for a, a second there you know for a few game stretch they were the district favorites. I know we talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, they've dropped three or four, um, but luckily for them, they had such a hot start. They're eight and four, and they're, they're still in that mix. But Centennial, they've, they've strung together back-to-back wins. A guy to look out for down the stretch is Xavier Savage, who, who had over 50 points in, in two games uh, in a two-game stretch um, earlier this year. He dropped a 30-something. I forget who it was against. Um, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but you know, he's, been a, he's been a key player for them. They're a senior-heavy group. Um, majority of their starting lineup is seniors. That always helps. Uh, in any sport, really, um, especially in a district with a lot of the star players are younger. Look at Memorial, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so they're they're in the mix now, nine and three in Independence. They've you know they've held tight, um, and they've they've remained at the top of the, distri- the district, and they've kind of been a surprise team. Um, they play Liberty tomorrow night, and which should be a good one. And then Liberty has to go around and play Centennial. So two teams that beat them in that first go around. So these will be the real test now coming up for Liberty, who's won seven in a row. See if if, if they can knock off an Independence, and then you know, if, if they can win one of those games coming up against Independence and Centennial, things will get very very interesting um, with you know just a, about a half a dozen games or so left to play so do you get a sense at this point that there is is there a front for the district title no or is it still no I, no I'm I, no I'm, I'm kind of glad you asked me that because I have no clue it, you know a couple weeks ago I thought it would be I thought you know maybe the front runner would be Wakeland um, I thought Memorial if they would have beaten Liberty Tuesday night um, that would have put them at eight and four and that would have put them tied with Wakeland just one game back of Independence and Centennial and I like the way Memorial had been playing as of late, um, but a lot of their their youth and, and some inexperience is, is is showing a little bit. You know, majority of their star players are freshmen and sophomores and juniors. Um, give them another year, like I've been saying, and they'll yeah. they'll be they'll be the district favorite. You know, potentially next year, but. I, I don't know. Centennial has really surprised me the last few weeks. I thought maybe they would have, you know, kind of regressed a little bit and kind of fallen back to the pack. Um, but you know, they're right there, tied with Independence at nine and three. I, if I had to pick, the district favorite right now is Independence. They've been the most consistent. Mm-hmm. But anything can happen with six games left. It, nevertheless, though, it is a completely different landscape, though, than we're used to in that Frisco district, and I think you're seeing the same thing in our last 5A district. 8-5A, man, what a, in just one year's time, how much has this district changed? Whereas last year you had, I mean, R.J. Hampton and Avery Anderson and Sammy Freeman. That feels like ages ago, doesn't it? I know. It feels like five, six years ago or something. It's a, it's a new day in District 8-5A boys basketball, yeah. one that currently is being ruled by Denton ISD. You have Braswell in first place at the midpoint at 6-1, and one, followed by Denton Ryan at 5-2. and two. Then you have a tie for third place between Justin Northwest and the Colony at 4-3. and three. Little Elm is uh, just one rung outside the playoff picture there in fifth place at 2-4. and four. Denton in sixth place. Two and five, and then Lake Dallas in seventh at one and six. Um, whew. So with um with Little Elm, I mean obviously no team. I mean it's fair to say maybe no team in the state underwent a bigger uh, identity change in uh, since last season than Little Elm. You know when you lose you know the the, the best player in program history, a future NBA pro to the uh, to the overseas ranks, and now um as Little Elm has tried to soldier on in the post RJ Hampton uh, era. Um, what do you kind of get? What's the vibe you get around Little Elm, and just kind of how are you feeling as they look to claw their way into the playoff mix? And one one game they're hanging on and beating Justin Northwest by one. 
and then they're losing to Denton, and then they're blowing a lead and, and you know falling apart against the Colony, uh, a team that had been struggling, who's I'm sure we'll talk about here in a couple mm-hmm. minutes, but they're red hot now, and they look like they're a for sure playoff team when it looked like, hey, the Colony may not, might not make the playoffs this year. But it's been they're, an up and down year for the Colony in district play. Yeah, yeah, and so and then you look at Little Elm, you know, a, a team that beat North Crowley mm-hmm. earlier this year, and they beat Madison in week one, and then the, the very first game of the year, and then they they just and then they lose games that they should not lose. They, they beat Wakeland earlier this year in tournament play. Uh, it just it's a team you can't figure out. There, you know, and Coach Dominic Parker, he'll 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 say it. He'll admit it. You know, they're they, they're inconsistent. They're they're up and down, and that's you know, and this is a team with a lot of experience too. A lot of their star players um, and go to guys are having to play much bigger roles this year. You know, Keith Smith. Um, Probably their best player, their go-to scorer right now. He's, you know, he's filled in a, a, a much bigger role. And he's he's excelled, um, but it, it's a much different, you know, role than he's been the last few years. When he gets, you know, has R.J. Hampton and has Brandon Cross, he has uh, Javon Williams, all these guys, and now he's having to step up and be the guy. And then all these guys that didn't really play last year, the guys that were into the bench, you know, guys last year, they're having to play. Some JV guys, Octavius Hobbs, a sophomore, he's been he's been phenomenal at times. Uh, but he's just a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Brian Hunter has, has come in, and he's he's been a force. Um, Christian Mirage is one of those seniors that's had to come in and and really you know play heavy minutes. And it's just that's what you're going to get. You're going to get some inconsistency, and and they're going to have to they 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 have two must win games coming up, and it's their next two. It's Lake Dallas and Denton. They can't lose to Denton again. If they lose to Denton again. I don't see them making the playoffs. Um, I, do I think they'll beat Lake Dallas tomorrow night? Sure, of course they should. Um, do, <laughs> that, but but that, they should. They should. They beat them the first go around. But then they have Denton, and then they have Denton Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a team that's caught that's kind of been a surprise. The biggest surprise, I think, at least um, in eight five a. They they face them next Friday. So three. You know, Lake Dallas must win, and then two interesting games against Denton ISD. Well, like you talk about Little Elm being a tough team to figure out, like what do you make of a team like Justin Northwest, which is they've beat each of the three playoff teams, so they have a win. They're the only team that's beaten Braswell. They've got a win. They just picked up a win on Tuesday over Den Ryan, and then they beat the Colony in the first go-around. But then they have losses to Little Elm and Lake Dallas on their resume. That's the only team that Lake Dallas has beaten in district is that, Justin Northwest. That makes no sense. It it's, makes zero it's, sense. It's like it makes no sense for Denison to beat. Den- yeah, it really does. It's one of those districts that you're learning. Though, that it does feel like you have like you, you have some separation though as far as those top four teams from the bottom three but at the same time nothing is coming easy for any of those top four teams because those bottom three are very very lively and it obviously can uh, you know can play spoiler if uh, if need be um, with the colony who was I think they were the preseason favorite to win this sister coming in and it's been um and they obviously they had a really really encouraging preseason to the point where I think we picked them to win the district and really without much hesitation it's um it's been a, uh, a bit of a bumpy road for them I mean they uh, you know they start off the district in encouraging fashion. They blow out Denton by 24 points. And then over their next six games, they've been outscored 347 to 343. Um, so, that, I mean, that tells you all you need to know right there. They're 3-3 three and three over that stretch. They had a three-game losing streak all to the other three playoff teams, and then they were able to rebound, get wins over Little Elm, Lake Dallas, and then they scraped out a two-pointer like, over uh, over Denton on, uh, on Tuesday. Again, just showing the margin for error in this district. Um, you know, with, 
with the colony, it's uh, you know the loss of Sean Matthews kind of impacted the backcourt as we're kind of seeing. Um, you know, he, Keith Miller, and Tay Mosier had really formed a nice little one-two-three punch for the uh, you know for the Cougars. Nevertheless, so Miller and Mosier have been still very very strong though in his in his absence. And then you've had a player like Caden Sclafani who's really really stepped up big. He was their leading scorer in that game on Tuesday against Denton, scoring 21 points in a in a two-point victory. Can they just get some consistency going though? <laughs> I mean, we'll find out now because um, these next three games, starting from Friday through next week, they play Ryan on Friday, Northwest on Tuesday, and then Braswell on Friday. If you get one win there, that should be enough to for sure lock down a playoff spot. But um, obviously, yeah, I mean, as we've seen, nothing is coming easy for the Cougars. In most of these games, and especially down the, the last few, they've had the two most athletic guys on the court yeah. at any given time. Obviously, Keith Miller, when I saw him play against Little, he had 28 points, and he just he was just just so much bigger and, and faster and stronger. And he you put see up, him on the football field, yeah, man. He's he, a force. He is. He, I mean, he put up a lot of shots that game, but he, he scored a lot of points, yeah. too. And then you throw in Miles Price, who's kind of been their sixth man. I like that and they've done I, Like, Miles Price is now being, making, like, really big plays in the basketball court. I have no he, idea. He's not, like, filling up the stat sheet, but he's just, you know, make, getting that rebound, getting that stop, hitting timely free throws. He's, just, he's out-athleting. Yes, yes, yes. The classic, you know, just better athletic football player on the court. Which goes just, a long way at that uh, level. For sure. Um, so yeah, and then it's you got a team like Lake Dallas, which you know, I thought there was a chance Lake Dallas might be a little bit more frisky based on some of their preseason results. Hasn't panned out so far in the standings. They're one and six, but they, again, they do have that win over the third place team in the district, uh, just in Northwest. They've shown flashes of brilliance in the sense that, like against, um, let's see, but they've just they've, they've struggled with the bad quarter, like Tuesday against you know uh, Braswell. They were they were down three at the half. This is a three point game with the best team in the district, but then they got outscored twenty to nine in the third quarter and they can't overcome it and then the Friday before it was the it was the second quarter that did him in against the colony and then earlier in uh, when they played Dent Ryan second place Dent Ryan that was a four you know four point game at the half it's um it's just the margin for error is just so slim for Lake Dallas because they just don't have the size that these other teams do it's never been a program that traditionally boasts you know the the six five six six interior presences that some of these other teams in the area have I um, mean they're I mean they're a borderline 4A school <laughs> for that reason um, I don't know, I mean the enrollment is literally like just like a couple hundred or so above the the cutoff. I mean, but um, nevertheless, I mean they've shown the ability to execute though against a playoff caliber opponent like a Northwest. So again, there is the opportunity that they could be a fairly dangerous spoiler. I mean they do have some pretty really you know potent outside threats. Beat Yash Matu, Jaden McGrew, you know Kobe Miner stand out on the football field. He's been really he's, again a lot of those hustle plays that you know a guy yeah. like Miles Price feeds off. Kobe uh, Kobe Miner is very very effective in that capacity. Um, I mean at the, at the end of the day though they are three games back of the of the colony and just northwest so whereas the playoffs are likely out of the question for lake dallas though them just like denton just like little elm still shown they're capable of rising up against an upper echelon opponent um, if need be um, let's see so that's a look at district 85a kind of where things are at in there right now let's look at all of our 5a districts we can um, quickly touch on some of the happenings though over in 4a whether it's with sunnyvale whether it's with salina um, and then you can talk a little bit of private school stuff as well um, let's see Devin, how's a uh, what's happening over in salina right now over in boys basketball uh well um sunnyvale is in the middle of the pack uh, mm-hmm. in that uh district cattle mills crandall uh, Sunnyvale. They were picked to finish second mm. in the preseason bowl. Um, they're cur- tied for third with the Beta community. Uh, you know, it's it's a Sunnyvale team that um, I, I like. They have a good mentality because a lot of them, you know, with the, the smaller you get, the more of these guys play multiple sports. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these guys are football players who are used to experiencing success 
um, on the football field. And I think that mentality does carry over to a certain degree. Now, you still have to have the talent and the ability to, to mm-hmm. win. Um, you know, I, I think Sunnyvale will make the playoffs. And if you look at their kind of sub-regional uh, of that for those four districts in, in, in you know, 4A Division Two, there's only one ranked team okay. out of those four districts, and that's Paris at number 22. So I think anybody who makes the playoffs, whether it be out of this district or, or any of the others, are kind of thinking, hey, if we can just get in, it really doesn't matter what our seat is, we might be able to play a couple of rounds because, you know, now once you get a little bit further, then you run into your Carters and your Lincolns and your Faith Families. That's and, not going to go Dunbar's, well, like, yeah. <laughs> and those are, those are where you're looking at your top 10 state-ranked yeah. teams. Um but I think the focus right now, like I say, they're in the middle of the pack. Um, they need to take care of business against the teams like Quillen, Ford, and whatnot. Um, but make a push. See if they can finish it. You don't, you don't have to catch Cattle Mills with a district title. It's just a matter of being one of the four and then try to peak here over these next couple of weeks. And as, like I say, given their immediate playoff road, this is a Sunnyvale team that could go a couple of rounds. And this is not a Sunnyvale program on the boys' side that's used to having a lot of playoff success. So even if they were to get a, play, a playoff win or two, that would be huge for that program. And then, um, Brian, with Salina, you got a Salina team that's currently state-ranked, currently number 19 in the yeah. latest TABC poll. So, um, I mean, obviously it helps when you have one of the better players in the entire Metroplex to lead the way. So just what's been the read on what Salina has shown so far? They've been rolling. Yeah. No surprise. They're undefeated in district play. Uh, as you just mentioned, they're 19th in the state. Their biggest test, uh, and I spoke to um, Coach Bobby Stastny this morning, actually, um, for a preview I'm working on. They play Melissa tomorrow night, and that's going to be their, their biggest challenge. That was their biggest challenge last year. They, mm-hmm. they squeaked by um, in the second go-around and went over them on the road last year um, en route to uh, second consecutive district title. And Coach Stastny told me, you know, teams are, are coming after them. You know, they're the back-to-back district champions. Um, they were undefeated last year, 10-0. And... They're just coming off of, you know, who I thought was going to be the second-best team in the district coming in before Melissa went on this this hot run to start district. I thought it would be Aubrey and Salina blew them out by 18 points um, on Tuesday. And so I thought, okay, and Carson Stassi scored 23, Bryson Brown had 13, and, and that was without, you know, one of their, you know, their big men in Kobe Ellison, who's been ineligible the last few games. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he will be eligible as of 345 tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> And uh, he'll, 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 he'll be back. Um, and this is the same Salina team that missed Carson for 12 games yeah. throughout a stretch. And they were still winning a lot of games. They were still successful in the non-district and in the tournament play. The need Well, against Melissa and Aubrey and then in the playoffs for sure. Uh, and you, this is, you know, obviously you want to win a district title. Obviously, you know, three in a row would be you know awesome you know to close out Carson's career and, and all that but you also want to get first mm-hmm. to avoid a potential brutal first round playoff matchup um, even last year they faced Lincoln in the first round and they were the district champions and Lincoln was the fourth place team in that district so and that's what I mentioned though with Sunnyvale avoiding that teams in that sub-regional yeah. Salon is right in the heart of all those teams I mentioned those top 10 teams yeah, yeah, they, yeah they'll, 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 they'll they, there's a good chance they could face one of those in the in the by district round and it's just not fair um, but you you know, you got you really want this game because if Salina win beats Melissa, then they're really in the driver's seat for a district title and put, could potentially avoid, you know, one of those super mega elite teams in the first round. 
Um, let's see, and then over, let's see, in the private school side of the boys' basketball scene, we actually have a few teams that are that are state-ranked. You've got over in 5A, you've got uh, Dallas Christian, who's number 9 in 5A. You've got Frisco Legacy Christian, number 4. Um, you know, we can get to those two in a, in a second. Um, you know, I want to obviously uh, chime in, though, on the number one ranked team over in 6A, and that is uh, just the uh, the well-oiled machine, the just the unstoppable juggernaut known as John Paul II. 32-1 are the Cardinals at this juncture <coughs> of the season. They have a chance to clinch a district championship on Friday. They have won 25 consecutive games. They're undefeated in the district and um, have not really met much resistance. I was anxious to see, you know, with some of the, uh, you know, the uh, the job that they did winning these tournaments against some 6A programs, how that would translate over into district play against the Lynches and the Prestonwoods and whatnot. And haven't broken a sweat, really. I mean, the average margin of victory has been almost 20, uh, 28 points per game. And, I mean, their closest game was a 12-point win over Bishop Lynch in their district opener. They rematched Lynch on Tuesday, and then they beat them by 24. Um, I mean, they've scored at least 70 points in every district game. You've got Jalen Tyson, who's setting and breaking his own single-game scoring records for the program. I mean, it's um, I just haven't seen a team yet this season that is just so adept at making you pay for your misses, quite like this John Paul team. I mean, they have... I mean, it's a team that just they like. There's teams that just that you know the eye test is a is you know kind of a, a key player. You just you look at them, just warming up. You're like, oh my god, that team is that team is about to just unleash just all all sorts of just hell on this on the opponents. Um, John Paul fits the bill. I mean, they've got a I mean just a, a combination of just size and length and athleticism that runs you know seven eight deep. I mean, they yeah. I mean it's they must see yeah. You mix you mix that in, and I mean it's a team that really really is in a in a comfort zone when they're able to get out and transition and. Um, a lot of that stems from their defense. They play, uh, you know, some really, really tight pressure on defense. Really put that length and athleticism to use. Generate turnovers and then get out in the open court. And that's where, again, there's just no team in the uh, in that Taps district that's shown the ability to match them stride for stride. Maybe there's a team out there that can have some success slowing the game down. Maybe making it more of a half court style uh, style tempo for them. But um, so far, I mean, they've they've passed every every test so far with flying colors. I mean, it's it's them and everybody else. It, it's feeling like it. I mean, I've listen. I've seen this before because I mean, I've, plenty of Prestonwood teams over the years have been in this similar position with some of the uh, the great teams they had with you know the Julius Randall teams back in the uh, the late two thousands and the early two thousand tens. Then the Snyder Herard teams that immediately came after those. Um, I mean, yeah, Prestonwood has been a all too accustomed with having a team that just you know just whether it was just from a physical standpoint or just a talent standpoint just would just overwhelm teams and this John Paul team is like it kind of fits the bill I mean it's it is crazy to think that when you look at this team like they have three of their starting five or you know or six foot four um, but then they have two three more off the bench that are just as big and like so it's like well, like you can like you know try to oh we're going to try to attack one guy get him in foul trouble and then it's going to like kind of cut the head off the snake so to speak no because then like you roll in like off their bench they have a guy like Alex Zambi who would I mean he would be the best player on Plano West right now if he was playing over there. Uh, still, he's you know comes off the bench for them. Wow. Cameron Corin, who's you know a six nine big man, just a sophomore, he'd probably have a rotational spot with Allen right now if he was still there. Um, and that's again, these are their reserves. I um, mean, that's you know, I mean, their starting five is airtight. Whether it's you know again, Jason, uh, you know, Jalen, uh, Jalen Tyson, who's you know got to be at the forefront of the MVP conversation in all of Taps. The uh, the Tot brothers, their dynamic backcourt of uh, Jalen and Jawan Tot, Nathan Dominic, former uh, standout of Plano senior, just a jack of all trades kid um, who's um, obviously been a huge shot in the arm for them um, and then Donovan Johnson you know a tight end on the football team he was a starter last year for the team that uh, made it to the state semifinals um, you know he's given them some nice uh, you know some some big man minutes some nice blocks rebounds and whatnot I mean it's 
they, I mean, it's it's theirs for the taking. You know, getting that uh, the uh, the first uh, state championship in program history. It is theirs for the taking, and I'm curious to see what happens though when you get to the playoffs, when they start seeing some of these other teams from the Houston area, San Antonio, and whatnot, and if there is a uh, any resistance from like an Antonian Prep or a Midland Christian or a Houston St. Thomas, because as far as the Dallas area goes, I mean, they're unmatched right now, <laughs> and it's yeah, I mean, 32 and one, it doesn't lie. They've they have looked the part as the uh, as the best team going right now over um over in Tap 6A. Um, how about us over in 5A, guys, whether it's Dallas Christian or Frisco Legacy Christian? Um, what have you guys seen over there? And just um, what is the chance that either of those teams might make some headway come postseason time? It's, it's so hard to gauge these teams mm-hmm. in, in the private school ranks because there's so many different avenues you can take. They're so spread out, number one. So certain teams, like in the Dallas area, you have so many good programs around that you can yeah. play on a consistent basis where you can't say that about you know some of the other teams that you'll see. Um some teams choose to challenge themselves. You know, Dallas Christian, you look at their record, 18 and 10. Um, have they stayed with just 5A schools? Have they, you know, buffed up with 4A and mm. 3A? You know, they play John Paul. They tr- Dallas Christian and all sports traditionally will play the best teams in this area. Um, so you look at their record compared to others, it's kind of hard to gauge mm-hmm. just on that. Uh, so you have to basically look at head-to-head. Um, results and uh, you know Dallas Christian, like I said, they check in at number nine. Uh, they're in the same district as Bullard Brook Hill, who's number five, and they lost to Brook Hill by 15 earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Grapevine Faith checks in at number three. They lost a close game to Grapevine Faith, and then Fort Worth Christian checks in at number 10. Uh, again, they lost by one point in overtime. So they're 0 and 3 against against common 5A state ranked opponents, but they've been good games. And like I mentioned the John Paul game only to say that they tested themselves. They tried to measure themselves up against what's arguably the best team in the state. and so, but it's like it's, but it's so hard to tell during the regular season. I mean, Dallas Christian will make the playoffs, uh, but then you you forecast a, a potential second round matchup with a Westbury Christian or a you know it's just yeah. it's so hard to, to compare the two because they don't see each other. Um, and but you know they put themselves in a position. Oh, that's all you can ask for them. Uh, you know they just kind of cover them from afar. They've had several different guys. You know they're another one of those teams <laughs> that kind of have a leading score, leading two scores, different one every night. So um, I think that bodes well for depth standpoint uh but we'll see what happens i don't think unlike having john paul as you know clearly the number one it doesn't appear that uh, that 5a has that so mm-hmm. to speak um, with Frisco Legacy, Christian Brian, we can round up the podcast talking about them. It was a team that popped onto, onto my radar with their impressive showing at the Allen In-N-Out Tournament during the holidays. Um, how, have the, uh, how have the Eagles kind of built off of that right now? Unlike last year, they dropped a, a district game, but it was to Grapevine Faith. Yeah. It was only by three, uh, and some dude on Grapevine Faith dropped 39 points. So that's just a <laughs> testament to <laughs> some, some dude on Grapevine Faith. Never seen them play. So, but anyways, he dropped 39. So when a dude drops 39, chances are you might lose that game. Uh, but then they turn around, and on Tuesday they beat Grapevine Faith by 20. Uh, and they've also they also have a. Uh, a 30-plus point victory over Fort Worth Christian already. You know these are the the defending state champions uh, in in 5A in, yeah. in Legacy Christian. You know they've they've been battle tested. They return a lot of their their roster. You know Jonathan Alexander, their big man, six foot five. He can do it all. Um, and he's he's playing very well. The one time I actually did get to see them play so far this year in person was against Prince of Peace on New Year's Eve, and they uh, they didn't play Jonathan that game. So I was pretty upset, but they still beat Prince of Peace pretty handily. But you know, uh, last year they they went through some hiccups. You know, late they did, they they won an overtime game um, last year before the the end of the uh, the district season against Fort Worth Christian by one. Um, so th- and then they lost to, to Grace Prep um, right before the playoffs. So they they 
I wouldn't be alarmed that they lost to, to Grapevine Faith. I mean, they're the number three team in, in the state right now, so and they've got to play them twice in the last couple weeks. Um, so that's going to be big for them going into the playoffs, and you know they're they're a top five team for a reason. And I wouldn't be surprised if they they make another uh, another run at state. Alrighty, well, guess what, guys? That will wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. As we have touched on six A, five A, four A, a little bit of private school as well. As we are uh, as we now enter the home stretch of boys basketball season in our coverage area. So yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. And um, we'll be back next week with uh, with some realignment talk, guys. It is almost here, almost time for all realignment. So yes, that will obviously be a very very dominant storyline for next week's podcast. Um, and yeah, folks. Until then, you enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.